Let's get into the Word today. Open your Bibles today to Matthew chapter 14, if you have them with you. Matthew chapter 14. And uh, we're going to read verses 22 through 33. This is the story of when Jesus comes and appears to the disciples in the boat where he's walking on the water. And of course, we know that Peter ends up walking on the water. And so we're going we're gonna to dive into this today. I believe God has a powerful message for us this morning. So reading in uh, Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And then he went, and after he had sent the multitudes away, went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening had come, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost, and they cried out of fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. When Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he had saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. We pray about the time before we begin. Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you to anoint me, Lord, to preach your word, to preach your gospel. Give me the strength. Give me the words, Lord, to just speak what it is that you've already said in a way that goes forth and penetrates hearts and brings change and transformation in people's lives, the way that living word only and always does. In Jesus' name, Amen, amen, amen. You know, I've wanted to be different things over the years. Anybody have different, like, aspirations of different types of occupations or things that you'd want to be, you know? And uh, I've kind of always thought it would be cool to be one of those storm chasers, you know? You ever see you ever see the movie Twister? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, um, I thought it would be really cool to, like, chase those storms around. You watch that movie and they're getting close. I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, you know? I wish I was there. And uh, Katie, she thinks I'm nuts and crazy. And I'm like, oh, there might be a tornado. And she's like, yeah, exactly, you know. And, and uh, this is a funny story. I didn't even mean to tell this. But, so we were in, we were in uh, it wasn't the Joplin tornado. It was the other one in Moore, Oklahoma. We, I led a crew of volunteers uh, down there on both of those uh, disasters and helped relief work or whatever. Anyway, we were down there in Moore, Oklahoma. And uh, we were, we, it was like the second or third day. And there were, after the, the major tornado hit, and there was like another tornado that came through. It was another F5. And, you know, our crew, we're, we're psyched out. We're there to, to get some stuff done. And so we were in the mall. We got in the mall, and we had to take shelter in the basement of this mall with all these people and stuff. And, uh, and so we started praying because they were like, we should probably pray. And, and a couple of us were like, yeah, but tornado to come through like it would be cool you know but so we prayed that nobody would get hurt but we didn't pray for the tornado to stop it was funny but anyway so I think Chase and it happened exactly that way actually I think a couple cars flipped over but it wasn't nobody got hurt in that second I know sorry so 
chasing storms, I think, will be awesome. Here, here's kind of what I was getting at. You know, there's a difference in being in a storm and actually chasing a storm. There's a difference between just like trudging through a storm and taming a storm, where you're actually in command of and you're walking over and in authority over the storms that are raging around you. You could go through a storm and get knocked to and fro and survive, but you can also walk through a storm and calm the storm and walk completely, confidently, and, and subtly through the thing in a way where it doesn't even knock you off balance or off of where you're at. And Jesus brings this to us here in this story because the thing is that we, we have to realize there, already there was already a situation that happened, this is back in Matthew chapter 8, where there was a raging storm that came. Remember that when Jesus was in the boat doing what? He was sleeping, right? He was catching some Z's. The dude was wore out from the day's worth of work. I know, it, you know, ministry is tough sometimes, so he needed a rest. So he's down there sleeping, and this storm starts raging, and they wake Jesus up because they think they're going to perish, and Jesus gets up, and what does he say? You guys, man, i got to do everything myself. You know, he's like, storm be still, and the storm stopped, and it calmed. He just spoke the word, and the storm stopped, and it was still. And they're like, damn, this guy's amazing, you know? So here we are a little bit later on in the story, and there's another storm, but Jesus chooses to go a different route with this one. I love it. Everything he does is intentional. There's nothing by mistake or accident. There's no coincidences with God, right? And so the, the apostles, they're in the boat, and they're heading out, and, and Jesus appears walking on the water, walking on the water. And there's a storm raging on, and we know from what we just read that obviously he eventually brings the storm to a calm, but after he's given us what I think is one of the most greatest, one of the greatest stories in all of Scripture, Jesus walking on water, but also Peter walking on water. And here's what I want to submit to you today. Look, we are all going to go through storms. We are all going to trap. You're going to called places in your life. And if you're going to go to the places that you're called to, you're going to travel through storms. You're going to go through difficult elements and circumstances around you. But how do you want to go through them? Do you want to go through them and get knocked to and fro and barely come out surviving? Or do you want to go through and do you want to tame that storm? Do you want to walk through it and bring calmness in the midst of chaos around you where your spirit is in complete peace when there is total chaos happening around you? Because Jesus gives us the authority to do that, to live that way. So let's look at this. Right off the bat, we know, verse 22, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. So he went up and he prayed by himself on the mountain. And when evening came, he was alone there. And the boat was in the middle of the sea, tossed by waves, for the wind was contrary, which just means to be in total adverse conditions. So here's a couple things that I pick up right off the bat. First of all, these disciples were walking in obedience to God because he told them to get in the boat and go, so they obeyed. They did exactly what he said to do. Now, we know when we live out of the will of God, where we choose to not live the way God has told us to live and do things that are contrary to his commands and his scripture, that we, we walk out in places where we're going to see 
Bad things happen. We know that, that we can get away from the will of God and trouble and trial and difficulty can fall upon us. And, and we've all been there, okay? But look, this is another thing. This is a different deal here. These guys were walking in obedience to Jesus. They walked out and they stepped into the boat and they did what he said. And let me tell you something. you got to understand, you're going to go through trials and storms even when you're, maybe even most when you're walking in the will of God. When you're doing what God has called you to do, when you're stepping out in faith and getting into a boat to head somewhere because you believe Jesus told you to go, you're going to get out there and there's still going to be storms that you're going to face. It isn't going to be all sunsets and rainbows when you're headed and you're in a direction of being obedient to Jesus, right? He said, count the cost of following me. You better understand there's a price here to be paid. But we know that if we go and we're walking through those storms, but we're walking in obedience to God, that he's given us the ability to walk in authority over all the things under heaven. They're all under the foot of Jesus, right? And so he shows up. And then the other thing it says is they're right in the middle of the sea. This is one of those things where you're like, they're halfway across, I guess, is the way it seems here. And so you ever get out there, storm starts raging when you're halfway across the lake. And what do you want to do? What's the greatest temptation? <sighs> one of the greatest temptations when we're out following the will of God, when we're walking in faith and obedience to Him, and the storms start raging around us, it's one of the greatest temptations to turn around and pull back and go back to the shore that we came from. But listen, that's not God has a plan all along, as we know here, because we see how it unfolds. He has a plan all along to get them to the other side, but also in a way where their faith has been stretched and they've been strengthened and they are more prepared for future storms because of what they've just watched and they've just been through. Now, they can't grasp that in the moment. Rarely can we ever fully see the will of God as it plays out, but we have to trust that it's happening. It's not so much exactly what the purpose is that we always know, but that there is purpose in what we're doing. And God signed purpose to every moment of time he created. And if we're walking in his will, then we're walking in that purpose. And we may not know what it is, but we better have faith and know that God is doing something in the storm to make us stronger and to prepare us for what lies ahead on the other side. You know, they're really, other than the miracle and all this stuff, they weren't doing ministry here. So there was some sort of a preparation thing that was going on. I think, this is my feeling, is that what happened there was a lot more about what was going to happen and them being ready for it than it really was about them needing to get out of the storm, you know. It was more about what was coming up in the days ahead that they were being prepared for than it really was about that night on the boat in, in that water, right. So they get out there, they're in the middle of the sea, Chaos is just everywhere. And Jesus intends all along to introduce them to something that's going to bring them to the next level. The next level. There's always a next level for us in our walk of faith. Yours and we're all in different places. That's the beauty of it. But there's always a next level. And I know this because. Jesus didn't come out here and just calm the storm like he did before. He came out here walking on water, and he got Peter to come out and walk on water, and he showed them something in the midst of a the storm they had never seen before. How do you go back from something 
comes into a situation and something happens where a storm gets calm or somebody walks in or he calls you out of a boat and you see something happening, you can't go back. You're different. You're at the next level. Now we have to walk in that. We have to use what we've just have deposited and imparted to us. But man, there's something that God is always intending to do. Do you agree with me? To take us to the next level. Does anybody want to go to the next level, right? There's always a next place. I am all want to stretch to go forward to whatever it is, the next place that's ahead for me. Raise me up in my faith. Strengthen me. Prepare me more for what's ahead, right? To him who much is given, much is required. And so we need what God wants to give us as we move along. So, they, so then Jesus comes out now in verse 25. In the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Pause right there. The fourth watch of the night was between like 3 and 6 a.m. So it's still dark. There's no light. They can't see. They're probably struggling through this storm for, for quite a while. It's not like it all of a sudden happened. Most likely the storm was raging. They were struggling through the night in the darkness. They can't see. And finally, in that fourth watch, 3 to 6 a.m., somewhere before the light comes up and the sun hits, and, you know, we all know you'd be a little bit less afraid maybe when the sun comes out and you can kind of see instead of pitch dark all around you. And Jesus shows up right at the last moment. They've been struggling. They've been working through this. They've been trying to get through this. And Jesus shows up right at that final hour whenever they need that reprieve, whenever it's time. And, and let us just remember this verse in the Scripture very well for all of us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verse 13, in, in an amplified version, I want to read this to you. That no temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience. Nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well. So that you will be able to endure it without yielding and will overcome temptation with joy. He shows up at precisely the right moment, exactly and divinely the minute that he had prepared since the beginning of time. We go through trial and we think it needs to be over now, 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 right? I can't take it anymore. God says, yeah, you can. And in fact, you need to because in the taking it, you're going to get stronger. Because when, when, see, I've already looked ahead in time, and I know what's on the other side of this lake, and I know that you need something now that this trial is going to produce in you that you don't have, and you won't, you will miss it if we get over there and you haven't been strengthened. He shows up at precisely the right time, and he'll never allow you, never, never, never allow you to get to a point you can't take it anymore. And in the midst of the trial, the temptation. He is going to give you the way through. It says it. He's going to give you the path right on through and out of that thing. And he brings the solution. It's just in the way and in the time and the things he does it, that it doesn't necessarily always fit into the, the way that we would like to have it happen. You know, you think about how strengthening works, guys, like lifting weights, okay? And we've got a couple of trainers here today, so they know this well. But in lifting weights, if you want to, let's say you want to bench press, you want to go from 225 to 250, okay? You don't get to 250 
by bench pressing 225 more times over and over and over again. I say this like I'm a trainer, like I know, right? So it's true, though, right? So in order to get there, you got to feel the weight. You got to put on 250 and you got to feel it. You might drop it on you, actually. You might have to struggle with it a little bit. You might need some help getting it pulled back off of you when you take it off the rack. But now you've felt it, you've touched it, you've seen what 250 feels like. And when you pick up 225, now all of a sudden you can do more in 225 than you could before. But you'd never get there if you didn't stretch yourself to that place, right? And then you just kind of keep growing and keep stretching that way. And so in a lot of things that we go through, these storms in our lives, sometimes God just... He just needs us to, to get out and walk on the water a little bit. He just needs you to know you can do it. He needs you to step out of the boat and see that he can get you through this thing. That you can step and you put your foot on water and you're not going to sink. And then, you know, Peter obviously ends up freaking out and he sinks after this is all said and done. But listen, he knew after that. He realized he could walk on water with Jesus. Jesus called him out of the boat. He put his foot down. He took a few steps before he sank. He might have sank, but he found out that day that he could walk on water. And that changed him forever. In the midst of a storm, in total chaos and in fear, he listened to Jesus and he walked out of the boat. He stepped on water and he did it. And he knew from that day on that he had the ability in Christ to do those things that were the miraculous. And it changed him because he might have sank that day. But Peter went on to be one of the great giants of the faith and the early founders of the New Testament church. And I believe that something changed and shifted in him that day when he found out that he could put his foot on water because Jesus said so and not sink. Now, whenever the distractions set in, of course, we see what happens. Let's jump back into the story. It says that they saw him walking. They were troubled. They said, oh, it's a ghost, and they cried out of fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. The enemy is constantly trying to get us to be afraid of what we don't know, of the unknown, of the uncertain. Jesus is constantly whispering back at us, don't be afraid. Be strong. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's me. I'm here with you. All through Scripture, the Word of God whispers that to us. Throughout all the years, don't be afraid. I am with you. And it brings a calmness to the fear that the enemy is trying to get to distract us and take us off of what the will of God is for our lives and the unknown, in the supernatural, in the places that nobody can get us out of God. Can I tell you something? When you step when he stepped out of that boat, there wasn't nobody could do anything for him after that. He walked out and stepped into a place that only God could get him out of. Only God could hold him up. And when we're being stretched, when we really examine and look at the will of God for our lives and how powerful and amazing a purpose and a destiny that a child of God has, I'm telling you something, it is supernatural. It requires things that God has that nobody and no thinking can do. And we've got to be willing to step out of the boat, step into the supernatural places that only God can hold us up in. And if we'll do that, It'll change us. It'll, it'll shift things. And it'll prepare us for things that are ahead that are coming that we will be ready for in a way we couldn't possibly imagine otherwise. Embrace the storm. Embrace the storm. And realize that it's okay. And there's no reason to freak out. Jesus said, be of good cheer. He's not saying, don't, don't be, not just saying don't be afraid. He's like saying, chip her up too. Smile. Have a laugh. Have a good time. This is great. You, you need to have joy and peace during the storm that's raging around you if you're focused on Jesus.
and letting him lead you all the way through. Amen? Immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be good cheer, as I cannot be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, Come. Listen, you have to be sure you're hearing the voice of God. Jesus gave the command, and he came, and he went. If Jesus wouldn't have said, Come, if Jesus wouldn't have said, Go, if he wouldn't have heard the word of the Lord, it would not have been the same situation. You and I, we need to be certain that we're living our lives in a way where we are hearing the voice of God. Because sometimes people want to just jump out of the boat and God never said to come. Sometimes people want to run into a situation and God never said to go. And we get excited. We're, you know, There's nothing wrong with that. But we need to be sure that we are a people who hear the voice of God regularly in our lives. And as we and just saturate ourselves in his word and in prayer and in community with the body, then, then God's voice becomes sharp and accurate and in tune to you in your life. You know, musicians, they know this. They, they have this term. It's called training your ear. I've really trained my ear. You know, I can really hear music now. I'm just kidding. I don't know anything about it. But it, it's you, they train their ear. And when they train their ear, listen to this. This is, this is amazing to me. They actually can hear accurately. They're highly aware of the sounds that their ears are sensing. They're hearing in great detail when others might just hear a blur of sound. They're hearing in great depth, able to pick apart and uncover layers in the overall sound. And they're able to judge details like pitch and timbre. Am I saying that right? Timbre? Timbre? Timber. Reliably. That's what I meant. Uh, curious about that. There's things that I want to know, you know? You do too. I'm sure you do. Especially after I just said Olympic, I don't Olympic size, kiddie pool, I don't know. But um, so he steps out there and he starts walking, but then what happens? He gets distracted at the waves and the sea and then he starts to sink. Now, I don't know about you. Do you think about this? Person? You were walking on water, dude. Like you were already doing it. How did you get afraid after you, like to me, it's like, oh my gosh, now I can do it. And you just, right, you think that he would just keep going and there would be no reason to sink because once he took the first step and saw that he could do it, he would keep going. But he didn't. What did he do? He got distracted. He took his eyes Jesus. He looked down and all of a sudden the distractions were in more focus and louder face voice. 
skinned up so you know this is gonna end with tears and crying and screaming but I didn't want it to because she's running and she's smiling and I thought listen God is so good he spoke to me in that moment in that moment he just grabbed me and he said this is exactly how Peter started he looked up it didn't matter about it he saw the face of Jesus and he heard the words of Jesus all he needed knew to do was he wanted to go to him. He wanted to move towards where Jesus was. Nothing else really 